0: Thank you, ladies, men. Good to be here this morning. Good to see each of you here in our uh, uh, services. I want to invite your attention to Matthew chapter 8. Matthew chapter 8. It amazes me that the piano player always knows when you got the wrong page number. <laughs> I don't know how they do that, but every church, it always, no, that's the wrong page. And, uh, they, uh seem to always know that but uh anyhow that's i guess that's a good thing isn't it but but we do need to uh to pray for uh uh, brother johnny and uh i i talked with him the other day and i never met him before but uh i know he used to be very faithful in the uh in the church and brother bill and brother joe has been helping the uh, family out and uh, i know this disease i've had a A lot of dealings with it with a lot of different families. And it's a terrible thing. It's hard on the families. It's hard on everyone. And uh, we just need to pray for uh, uh, Brother Johnny and those that are ministering to him. Sister uh, uh, Jackie, we need to remember this uh, family uh, in our prayers. Because it's a very uh, difficult uh, time for everyone involved. But it's also exciting to see a, a... a little one, Brian Samuel, is that right, uh, Brother Joe? Grandchild of Brother uh, Joe. And I'm sure he won't spoil him at all. You know, just uh, won't have to worry about that at all. I, uh, I told you last Sunday that I had a granddaughter coming over to my house. Uh, Sunday night, we woke up Monday morning and she would not let me go anywhere, she would not let me do anything but play with her and play hide and seek and play games, that's all I could do all day Monday, so, uh, <laughs> <laughs> and I hated every minute of it. <laughs> what I'd like for you to consider for a little while this morning, and, uh, a stormy voyage, stormy voyage, and uh, we're glad to have uh, Sister Sheila here uh, this morning, uh, I don't know, if have you been here before? Okay, I'm sorry, that's my bad, but uh, we're, we're glad to have you uh, uh, this morning. We're glad to have all of you uh, here. But uh, begin reading in verse, uh, verse 22 of Matthew chapter, uh, chapter 8. But Jesus said unto him, follow me and let the dead bury their dead. And when he was entered into a ship, his disciples followed him. And behold, there arose a great tempest in the sea, insomuch that the ship was covered with the waves, but he was asleep. You look at, look at that verse of scripture and, and it shows the humanity of Jesus Christ. Not only was he God. But he was also man. He was weary in all the things that he had been doing, uh, busy doing. He was tired. He needed to rest. And uh, so we see him sleeping here, which we don't read very often, uh, Jesus sleeping or resting. And, uh, but on this particular occasion, uh, uh, he, he was able to do that. And the disciples came to him and awoke him, saying, Lord, save us, we perish. And he saith unto them, Why are you fearful, fearful, O you of little faith? Then he rose, rebuked the winds and the sea, and there was a great calm. But the men marveled, saying, What manner of man is this, that even the winds and the sea obey him? Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Father, we thank you. We thank you for this another opportunity and privilege that we have to approach your throne of grace in prayer. We thank you for being our Father, the privilege of being able to call you our Father. We thank you for your Son, our Savior, and soon-coming Redeemer that has set us free from the bondage and captivity of sin. I thank you for the promise and the blessings of his presence but also the presence and the working of God's holy spirit not only in our lives we thank you for his presence in these services today we ask that you might have freedom in this service in each and every one of our lives that each one that we as we leave this place can say it's been good to be in your house and that our hearts are warm and receptive to the leadership of your Holy Spirit. I thank you for your presence. Thank you for your leadership. And I ask you to continue to lead this church, continue to lead this pulpit committee, continue to lead these men and women that has a part in different phases of the services, that everything said and done might exalt the very name of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. We ask you to bless this time now that we have together. And may you get glory from every decision made and everything said. And all these things we ask in the precious and holy name of our Savior and your Son, Jesus Christ. Amen. This incident must have been of great importance because we find it listed in three other two other places. Not only is it listed here in Matthew chapter eight, verses twenty three. Through twenty-seven, but also Mark chapter four verses thirty-six through forty-one, and Luke chapter eight verses twenty-two through twenty-five. The only incident in the Bible in the New Testament that all uh, it's listed in three of the uh, the books in the uh, New Testament. So I guess it's they thought it was pretty important that he uh, that it be listed that way. But the things that happened to the disciples in this particular incident and. uh, uh, it's, it's teaching them something, but not only is it teaching them something, but I think it's also a lesson for us to learn as uh, well, and uh, some very powerful lessons, if you, uh, if you will, in these small, short verses of uh, scripture that we are going to study just a little bit uh, this morning, and uh, Brother Don, if that was Brother Justin's Bible, it's been read a lot, but that wasn't probably the one, one he was using, but. Uh, verse 23 verse 23 of Matthew chapter 8 it talks about the ship and the ship was a vessel they were going across the, the Jordan At this particular incident took place God had a plan all along God still got a plan God had a plan for this vessel this particular day. God had a plan for the people on the vessel this particular day. This church is a vessel just like the ship was. God has a plan for you. God is in control. And that's the main thing that we want to uh, understand. But also, not only was this ship a vessel, but our bodies are a vessel as well. Now, I want to share a couple of scriptures with you, if you will. In 2 Corinthians 4 and 7, but we have this treasure, gospel treasure. This is the most important treasure that you will ever have in your life. You realize and you know that it affected and it changed your life forever. And this gospel treasure, if you will share it with others, will change their life also. The most important message that you will ever deliver to a lost and dying world is this gospel treasure. All the children, the children that's here, that's exciting to see so many children. And I know they hear about that gospel treasure. And that gospel treasure we're talking about is the Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. This gospel treasure in earthen vessels that the excellency of the power may be of God and not of us. We need to understand, folks, this earthen vessel that delivers this gospel treasure needs to be in the complete control of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And we need to understand that this vessel Needs to be bringing him honor and glory in our life and the decisions that we make. He needs to be the one receiving the glory. Not ourselves. But he uses us to carry that gospel treasure to a lost and dying world. Whether it's friends, neighbors, or loved ones, it doesn't matter. But I want to share another scripture with you in 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 21. 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 21. If a man therefore purge himself from these, he shall be a vessel unto honor, sanctified, and meet for the master's use, and prepared unto every good work. There's a lot of things that Timothy is talking about here in, in this particular chapter. There's a lot of things that he's talking about that we deal with every day of our life. And it has to do with sin and that sin, one of the sinful things that we have to deal with is uh, uh, lust, pride, arrogance. And there's so many things that goes on in our life. And he said, if you look in Second Timothy 2 and 1, he said, if a man therefore will purge himself from thee.'" Listen, folks, there's a lot of things that's going on in our life that we need to allow the Lord Jesus to get out of our life, to clean our lives up so that a lost and dying world might see the good. I know the Bible says, and I have to remind these ladies that sits in the back row in Alvin, that tells me that they're good every now and then. I say, well, that's in conflict with the Scripture. (laughs) Because the Bible says there is none good, no, not one. And one of them said, Brother Cleveland, I cannot believe that you said that to us. But I don't know why they would be surprised about that. There's a lot of things going on in our life, though, folks, that the Lord Jesus just wants to purge our lives, that we might be the vessels that God deserves and desires to see in our everyday life. You know, one of those things that we can do To be the servant that God would have us to be. Sometimes we just need to look around in our church services. Do you know how any idea how important sometimes a phone call is to people? Just a phone call. To let people know that someone is interested. That someone is praying that someone cares. But again, it's one of those things that he's talking about here is purge ourselves. We get so wrapped up in our own lives that we forget the impact and the influence that we have in other people's lives and the impact we can have. It makes a difference. And I challenge you today I challenge you today, this afternoon, look around and see who's not here. Look around and see some that you know, that you know personally. That would just enjoy a phone call from you. Just letting them know that you're praying for them. Let let them know that you care about what's going on in their life. Isn't that important to you? To know that somebody cares about you. That someone's praying for you. It is folks. And it's so very important. And folks, that's what that's what Timothy is talking about. That's what Apostle Paul is telling Timothy. Timothy, purge yourselves from these things. The selfishness that's in your life. Don't be so wrapped up in your own life. But see what others need. And I and I, and, I, and I know that I, I mentioned to Brother Joe that I appreciate him taking Brother Johnny over to the nursing home. He said, well, I don't need that because I'm doing it for the Lord. And that's, that's a great thing, Brother Joe. And it, it, isn't it, Brother Bill? That's, that's, that's a good thing. And that's why we ought to be doing things, folks. But listen, it doesn't hurt to let someone know that they're appreciated for what they're doing either. Does it? I mean, it doesn't hurt. And when you get a pastor, remember that it don't hurt to let him know what a great job he's doing and that you're praying for him, that you're concerned about it, because he's overwhelmed sometimes with the work in his individual lives. Caring for the flock, caring for God's people, because He wouldn't be here if He didn't care about you. So listen, He said, "Purge himself from these, and he shall be a vessel unto honor, sanctified and meet for the master's use, prepared unto every good work." God wants us to be prepared, be prepared. And listen, He said something else here: the church is a vessel in Matthew chapter five, verse fifteen. Neither do men light a candle and put it under a light unto all that are in the house. Wow. You know, there's a... When we have a candle, we don't don't just cover it up. The church is a vessel. We can't put that light out. This church is a lighthouse, not only to this particular community... This neighborhood, but all the richwood, but it 's also a light to all those missionaries that you are helping and supporting and helping their families and supporting them to make it possible for them to go to the uttermost part of the world i don 't know how many missionaries that you uh, that you uh, support, but I, I I know Brother Justin said that y'all keep your Mission support up to about 20%, which is outstanding. That That is an awesome thing to do. And this this church is to be a vessel and a, and a candle. I mean, your light is shining not only here, but to a world outside of this area. And people appreciate what you're doing. I, I know a lot of people that you're supporting, a lot of mission points that you're uh, supporting and uh like Brother Bill Johnson, ICP, I know you helped help them and uh, uh, the orphanage and folks, all of that work, and and I, and, and me, I appreciate your help with uh, uh, the work that I, I do. And and uh, but listen, folks, this church is a vessel, and thank God that your light is lit, and you're not covering a candle up, but it's lit, it's a light to this community, and it's a light to. Not only this community, but all over. You notice, if you will, in verse 22 and 23, that Jesus led his disciples into the ship. And Jesus wants to lead this ship. He wants to lead the disciples in this ship. The pulpit committee. He wants to lead them into the ship. That's going into a lost and dying world, folks. Your ministry... Your mission is so very important. To reach the man that God has for you. God has the man for you. God's people just need to pray so he can reveal it to them. Jesus leads all those to whom he saves to enter the church of the Lord Jesus Christ. you know that? Once, once we're saved by God's grace and, and we follow the Lord in baptism, scriptural baptism, which is by immersion... That, that you unite with the New Testament church, his church, that's been bought and paid for by the blood of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. It's his church. And that's the only way, the only way that we can profitably, profitably serve the Lord Jesus Christ is through his church. Say, well, I can witness whether I'm a member of this church. Yes, you can. But this is his church bought and paid for by the blood of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. And he wants those that are saved become a part of the Lord's New Testament church, his church, so that you might honor him through his church. I think he said, unto him be glory in the church by Christ Jesus throughout all ages, world without end. Didn't he say that in Ephesians 3 and 21? So listen, folks, those that are saved by God's grace needs to be a part of his church. Bought and paid for by the blood of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Listen, I understand there's a lot of things that we don't all obey everything that the Lord tells us to do, do we? See, my wife tells me that I don't obey her all the time. I don't know what would make her think that, but anyhow. But we need to obey the Lord. We really need to obey the Lord, folks. And whatever it is that he leads us to do, to be saved, to be baptized, to unite with his new church and church, to be a witness to a lost and dying world, to be an example to a lost and dying world. You know what the Lord requires in stewards? That a man be found faithful. Faithful to who? Not to me, folks. You're not here to serve me. You're not here to honor me. You're here because of the Lord Jesus Christ. That you be found faithful to Him. And I know I said this last week, and and you might get tired of it, but folks, it's so very important that we understand That we need to be here every time these doors are open. Need to be here. And I understand that you have a problem. Some of you have a problem seeing at night. And I understand that. And I know that uh, Brother Johnny told me, he said, Brother Clay, I want to be there. But I have a responsibility. And he does. And I understand that. When you've got a situation like that, you've got to take care of home also. But listen, folks, if we can, we need to be in God's house. And you know what we ought to do as God's people? Those that can't come themselves maybe will say, Hey, why don't you let me come by and pick you up? Why can't we do that? They can't drive at night and someone go pick them up. Listen, folks. Hebrews 10 and 25 says, Not forsake the ascending of ourselves together as the manner of some is, but so much more as you see the day approaching. Not forsake the ascending of ourselves together as the manner of some is, and so much more as you see the day approaching. What day is he talking about? You know who's going to come soon? And we don't know when. The Lord Jesus is going to come, folks. He's coming. And we don't know when. But we ought to be ready. We ought to be ready. If you're not saved today, you ought to be ready. And you ought to trust Jesus Christ to save you ever so. But if you've been saved, then don't forsake the ascending of ourselves together as the manner of some is. There's no place greater to be. I, I, tell you, I get excited to think that I would be in God's, bis- God's house doing God's business when the Lord Jesus comes to rapture the church out of here. And he's going to come, and he's going to rapture the church out of here. And we'll be with him forever and ever and ever. I don't know about you, but I get pretty excited A vessel is of no value unless it's used. And I'm thankful that this church is being used for the Lord Jesus Christ and the cause of Christ. Continue to be used. We need to do that. Our nation can be a vessel. And I mentioned that this church supports about 20% of the missions. Missionaries all over this world. Missionaries all over this world, their families, need churches just like this. So they can take that gospel truth, that gospel message to a lost and dying world. Whether it's Africa, whether it's uh, Arkansas, or New York, California. Florida, it doesn't matter. Where there's people, they need the gospel of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. I know when I went to Africa, there's never been anything that has changed my life like that two weeks did in Africa. It was exciting to think about it, folks. We need a cleaning up to have a revival. Our churches needs to get on fire for the Lord. We as individuals need to get on fire for the Lord. Then you say, well, we need a guest speaker to have a revival. No, you don't. It starts here. It starts right here is where it starts. And once that gets in our life, There can be a revival in this place like it's never experienced before. Souls being saved. Additions, lives and hearts being turned back to the Lord Jesus Christ. Even little ones. Folks, there's nothing anything more exciting than see little ones come to a saving knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. I know before I left Baytown that there was some little ones saved and one of them went up to her mother. And her name was Angie and she said mother. I have got to be baptized. Well, she said, right now we're revolving and the baptistry's not ready. She said, I've got to be baptized now. Why do you you have to be baptized now? She said, I may not like the next preacher. (laughs) (laughs) So I want Brother Cleveland to baptize me. That was pretty exciting. But we did that. We got that taken care of. They were identical twins, and they were precious, I tell you. We need a cleaning up, folks, and we need to pray for cleansing in our individual lives, in the church, community, and in the country that we live in, this nation. The sea. This may be a picture to us, this world, and this life. And they were on a journey in that sea. But I want you to notice something in verse 24. The storm. The storm. There are many storms we may encounter upon this sea of life. There's the storms of temptation. We know about that, don't we? Storms of temptation. We're overwhelmed sometimes with temptation. The storms of sorrow. There's a lot of people, folks, that's experiencing a lot of sorrow in their life. And you know what? They just sometimes just need someone to pray for. Just need to know that someone cares about them. Also storms of sickness. I mean, there's so many prayer requests that have been mentioned this morning and, and so many more that has not been mentioned about sickness in their lives and their families and people that are losing their lives. And you lose aunts and uncles and uh, so many others. And so there's storms also, disappointments. Have you ever had disappointments in your life? We all do, folks. There's storms of disappointments. the storms of discouragement. You know, sometimes that's the greatest dis- hurt harm to the Lord's New Testament church because of discouragement. People get discouraged for whatever reason. And that's where you come in. That's where you come in, folks. Phone call, a visit, anything. It makes a difference in people's lives. So the storms of discouragement, storms of uh, loneliness. I know Brother Justin preached a message on uh, suicide at our district men's meeting. And I know he dealt with that a lot in the ministry that he was involved here as a chaplain. That's a problem. That's a problem in our country. That's a problem in our families. And it's something that needs to be dealt with. And where does it start at? It starts in discouragement. It starts in loneliness. That's all part of it. And that's where it starts. And then it just magnifies itself. But folks, we can help people by doing simple things for them. Just little things. Say, well, what is the big deal about that preacher? What is the big deal about a phone call? What is the big deal about just dropping by and seeing someone? What's the big deal about just letting the children know? What is the big deal? It is a pretty big deal, folks. Storms of loneliness, the storm of fear, the storm of death. The storm came to these disciples while they were in the paths of duty and obedience. But you know what? Job was a godly man, but storms came into his life. Daniel was a godly man, but storms came into his life. And we look at throughout the Bible, folks, Apostle Paul, that's all he suffered was uh, persecution and uh, so many other things. In all his ministry, that's all he did was suffer persecution. Storms, they're going to come, but there's only one place that we can turn to. Who did they look to in that ship? Jesus, what was he doing? He wasn't concerned about the storm. He was sleeping. He was getting some needed rest. But when everything turned loose, everything seemed to, come to about to come to disaster, when these men had no place else to go, then who did they go to? Jesus. said, Master, do you not know that we are about to die? Waves are just overwhelming the ship. Do you not care? Does God care? Yes, he does. About all the storms in our life, everything that we're going through. Remember what he said? Oh, you of little faith. Our God, our Savior, knows about every storm you are going through. And he cares about you. He cares about every storm, every problem, anything that you're going through. What did our God do when the disciples went down there to wake him up? What did our God, he's able to calm the waters. He's able to calm the winds. He's able to just said, come, be still. Our God has not changed. He's still the same God. And those storms, it seems that's overwhelming you at times. Don't wait till the last minute. Take them to Jesus. Take them to Jesus. Because he's the one. He's the one that can do something about it. He's the one that can help you through it. He's the one that can make a difference in your life. He's the one, folks. I promise you, I don't know what storm you're going through, but Brother Don, why don't you start getting up? (laughs) I don't know what kind of storm that you're going through, but I know this. Give it to God. Give it to Jesus. He's the one person that give can give you peace through it all